Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up? You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. I'm your host, James Coe, joined alongside by the usual cast of characters, the magical beard of fantasy, the franchise, Matt Franciscovich. What's up, pal? Hey, hey, happy about the Steelers' big win. I'll say, good Lord, they put the beat down on KC. Uh, we got the whiz kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gellhar. What's cracking, man? Yo, weird week in fantasy, that's for sure. Harmon yeah. and I had that one, had a matchup. I tweeted it where 11 of our 14 non-kicker defensive players were in single-digit points. There were a handful of players where if you had them... You won. You won. And, I mean, obviously Julio Jones, A.J. Green... Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, Ryan, one of those guys, but... DeMarco, Crabtree. Because everyone else was... Kind of, eh. It was a it was a weird eh. week, you know. It's a weird week, but we we get those all the time in yeah. fantasy. So we'll we'll lick our wounds and move on. MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's cracking? Uh, I'm starting to see more pictures of candy corn show up in my Twitter <laughs> mentions. <laughs> um, and I feel like because Demarco Murray has been so good, like yes. I'm gonna have to say something nice about okay. him, which is going to only beget more pictures of candy. Corn. I do like it. All right, and we've got uh, West Virginia native, the West Virginia. Uh, the pride of the Mountaineers, <laughs> the creator of reception perception himself, noted hipster, Matt Harm. What's up? I just opened the rundown for the first time Good. just now, so this I, I'm this I'm very prepared. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good, perfect. Uh, by the way, go to NFL.com/slash/GamePass to start your free seven-day trial. Game replays during the regular season, all kinds of different camera angles, condensed games. It's a great feature. Go sign up, NFL.com slash Game Pass. We've got a big-time show in front of us here today. As always, folks, we're going to do a quarter poll, Factor Fiction. Uh, we're going to talk about some guys that have basically, I don't know, I, I mean, they're vastly overperformed their ADP, and some guys that are struggling right now. We'll talk about whether or not they can bounce back, uh, whether they keep up this torrid pace, whatever it is. We're going to talk about some notable players at the quarter poll. We're going to talk about some top performers as well, and, and Alex Gelhar will, of course, give you his top waiver wire guys as well. But as always, we start with your top headlines. The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Whistles go. Woo! I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Watch the news. Because I'm a kid. So y'all need to hide your kids, 
has your wife. I think the top story resides with Carolina. Cam Newton in the concussion protocol. Ron Rivera says he's got no idea whether Cam will be available Monday versus Tampa Bay. We're going to keep a close eye on it. Of course, we'll have more as the uh, the week progresses. But as of right now, today, we're not exactly sure what the availability for Cam Newton will be. Another concussion to another star quarterback, Carson Palmer, suffered a concussion as well in Sunday's loss to the Rams. A shocking loss, really. Uh, cards on a short week, folks. They play Thursday versus the 49ers. It's a dream matchup for Carson Palmer if he goes. If he doesn't go, Drew Stanton is the backup there, folks. Uh, gentlemen, what do you guys think? I have the sads, potentially. Um, partially because John Brown was starting to rise from the fantasy ashes. You get it? Because Phoenix. Okay. Um, but, you know, if if Drew Stanton is there, then... That's not great. That's not great. That kind of all goes away in the short week. And, you know, I mean, travel, I guess, is part of it, but a flight from Phoenix to San Francisco isn't really that long. Um, but... I do think there are things to be concerned about a little bit with the Cardinals offense, uh, you know, with the, the Panthers offense. I mean, the two teams that were in the NFC Championship game last I know. year are a combined two and six. They're falling apart. So you, there are worries there. You know what this Carson Palmer injury really means for Thursday Night Football is all of the David Johnson. Yeah, buddy. Yep. They'll probably ride him even more. The 49ers lost Navarro Bowman. There's no Sad telling man, if he's going to be back. Is, is it been confirmed yet that it is his Achilles? Yeah. Yes. The, uh, the, in fact, the Niners, just as we speak, have just tweeted out that uh, Navarro Bowman suffered a season-ending Achilles injury. Right. And uh, so. la- this weekend when uh, Zeke w- really got going after Navarro Bowman got injured, that's right. surprise, kind of the heart and soul of that San Francisco defense. So if Carson Palmer does sit, I would expect them to lean on Johnson heavily in this game. But here's the thing, though, with David Johnson, and we talk about this with Todd Gurley all the time, is that you know if you're going to have uneven quarterback play, will this team? I mean, it's a little bit different because the San Francisco 49ers defensively are so bad, but um, will they be in a position to score a lot of touchdowns? And that's kind of what we wonder about with, with David Johnson as well. Nope. Don't well, I think, that, I think this game could be like 13 to 10. That might be being generous. But, yeah, no, no, I think something like <laughs> that in the neighborhood of that range of I wouldn't expect it to go over, you know, like 30 points or anything. You like think? That. No. If, if this game – if these – with the 49ers offense being the way that it is. Right. Bad, and Drew Stanton, who has not looked good in the preseason – he didn't look good in the preseason this year. I'm actually surprised he's still on the roster. Yeah, well, I mean, they don't really have any better options. That's the that's the problem. I mean, they had Matt Barkley in camp last year, and I think they saw enough of that to uh, – <laughs> Sent him on his way. Was he really so bad? I mean, I don't know. I didn't think he was that bad, was he? Uh, that's just your pack, pack twelve, twelve homerism coming Maybe out. That but might any- be true. Anyways, <laughs> I, I think like I just think this offense could be in for kind of a disaster, which, like Mark said, is unfortunate because. My best friend John Brown uh, got going last week. I mean, my best friend. <laughs> best friend. He huh? doesn't know I exist, but it was. Really, <laughs> <laughs> but it was really good to see. You know, he gets got 16 targets, played 91 percent of the team snaps. But yeah, this offense could probably just be a train wreck on a short week. Hey, even if uh, Drew Stanton goes and Carson Palmer's out, you, you still got to against the Niners. You still got to roll out your guys, right? Who are you? Guys. Yeah, what, yeah, what I mean, what, what Larry guys? Fitz, Larry Fitz, John Brown, Michael, Michael Floyd. No, not, not Michael, Michael Floyd. Floyd. No? no, Michael Floyd. I'm about done with Michael, okay. and I I know I was a big Michael Floyd homer in the everybody preseason, was. but everybody was. Uh, I'm I'm about done. How, Flo- how many times have we said no? Really, guys, this, this is, is the year. This is it. This is the this, year no, for this Michael is it. Floyd. I mean, he looked good at the end of last year, but he was it just me or did he drop like a hundred passes on Sunday? <laughs> 
Well, he only played uh, 45% of the team snaps. Jerron Brown played ahead of him at 57%. Whoa. And this was a thing Ooh. that, like, longtime beat writer Kent Summers had said, like, I think Michael Floyd needs to lose playing time yeah. to Jerron Brown specifically. Yeah. Wow. And that, sure enough, ended up happening. Floyd was in the concussion protocol the week yeah. before, so right. maybe that has something to do with his lack of playing time. But, we, I mean, we talked about it, I think, on Friday's podcast that he had been one of the most disappointing uh, players early in the going. But, you know, we also saw with, with John Brown commanding targets, uh, he had, like I said, he had 16, Floyd had 7, and Fitzgerald had 7. That I, This is kind of what had me worried about Fitzgerald coming into the year, that when right. all of these receivers are active, he's not going to get a ton of targets. But do you still play? I mean, Fitz has still been, you know, again, uh, I don't know about consistent, but he's been he's been there. I would say it, Fitz maybe is the one guy you can kind of go with because he still runs those underneath routes a little bit more. Right. And I think if it is Drew Stanton that starts I mean, even against Thursday, the Niners, you don't play John Brown? I think <sighs> I, it's going to be hard to not play him. But the thing, I think so many people dropped John Brown and the people that now own John Brown had okay. you know, they got they depth. They got depth at receiver oh, right. potentially. <laughs> so. Point. I would say he's probably, for me, going to be ranked in the high 30s, I Ooh. would say. So, because I think this, I mean, there's just a low floor here with Stan behind center. All right, there we go. Let's go to Atlanta. Tevin Coleman says he's unsure if he's going to play versus Denver uh, because of sickle cell, according to ESPN's Vaughn McClure. It's a condition that affects red blood cells that is exacerbated at high altitudes. It can lead to extreme dehydration and trouble breathing, former safety Ryan Clark had the same condition as Tevin Coleman. And in 2007, after his game in Denver, I mean, literally almost died. Ryan Clark was hospitalized, lost his spleen and gallbladder. Um, I'm assuming if he doesn't go, although here's the update, right, that Dan Quinn in a press conference says he expects Tevin Coleman to play at Denver despite the sickle cell trait. I mean – Guys, okay. <laughs> I mean, this is ridiculous. It's it's absurd. It's ridiculous. He should not play. I, uh, I mean, maybe Dan Quinn is saying this for for coaching purposes, like, hey, Denver, you got to prepare for both guys, but do the right thing here, man. Yeah, I would imagine. This, do the right thing. Don't play will, Tevin Cole. I imagine this will be a story where by the time we get to Wednesday or Thursday, um, there's talk that he's not. And, and you know, and I I would hope that. Tevin Coleman gets a say in this whole thing. Uh, uh, yeah. I would hope so. We would hope for sure. So. That's craziness. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, Devontae Freeman, obviously, um, I, I don't want to say he's a strong play because Denver's defense is so good, although their I, I, they're rushing defense has taken a step back this year. But still, uh, yeah, it will be – they pretty much shut down Charles Sims. Yeah. Uh, who I Charles Sims has not been playing well in his feature back audition with Doug Martin. Yeah, I really thought Charles Sims was going to be a nice play last week, and that didn't happen. He did get injured midway through the game, too, and then came back and didn't look good. But, you know, it's it's been a tough – we we talked about Charles Sims. Like, while this was exactly what we kind of wanted to see with Sims, like, well, not want to see Doug Martin get hurt, but like, right. oh, he's going to in, 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 insert a ton of volume into his workload. Sure. Uh, but we also said this was not an ideal time because he was going to face a ton of tough fronts, which he has done. All right, there you go. Uh, according to the Jets beat reporter Ralph Vacchiano? I think it's Vacchiano. Vacchiano? I don't know. I don't know. Sure. <laughs> Matt Forte was seen on a cart heading to the x-ray room after their game versus the Seahawks. I'm assuming Bilal Powell shares will skyrocket soon. But, again, we don't have a definitive answer to what happened to Matt Forte, why he went in, or whether he's actually injured, or what that might mean. But. Those of you who see Bilal Powell on the waiver wire, eh, 
be an interesting ad, certainly, but we'll get Must more information. Add. Yeah, oh, no, oh, yeah, 100%. He's actually been he's been finally getting more touches, as we kind of expected earlier in the season, in the offseason, when we right. thought this would be a backfield split. They The last two weeks, it's been 33 touches for Forte, 20 for Powell, and he's far outproduced Forte on those touches. So there you go. We'll get uh, more word, I'm sure, about Matt Forte's injury or non-injury as the week goes on. Trevor Simeon has an AC joint sprain in his non-throwing shoulder. That, according to Pro Football Talk, the injury could keep him out uh, the next couple of weeks. Again, that, according to Pro Football Talk, but head coach Gary Kubiak says the injury is only day-to-day. Paxton Lynch is the next guy up. He could start this week versus ATL, but again, Gary Kubiak playing that pretty close to the vest, um, as you can imagine. If Paxton Lynch goes, uh, what does it mean for the pass catchers there? I don't know that much changes, really. No? I, I'm not sure much really changes, especially because you know, I think Lynch obviously is a different quarterback, and he's a guy that I think they want to move around, and, and I think his strength is getting out of the pocket, throwing on the run, right? Um, doing that sort of thing. But in terms of what he does and, and how he distributes the ball and how he gets it downfield, uh, I don't know that much changes. And it goes back to what Harmon mentioned in the preseason – concentrated passing game it's still Demarius Thomas Emmanuel Sanders and that's kind of it right now yeah I mean that I get but Paxton Lynch has got a much bigger arm I was going to say I think that's one thing that he could unlock more of a downfield element I mean we did give Simeon just praise in week three for exploiting the Bengals when they pretty much did almost nothing to prevent the deep football and then paid for it but in week four uh, Lynch's average depth of aim throw was 13.4 which dwarfs Simeon's 7.6 average for the season so he absolutely brings more of a downfield element to the passing game he had probably the strongest arm among the quarterbacks that were drafted this year so he definitely brings a big playability to Emmanuel Sanders who is the clear number one target in this passing game he has 40 Two targets to 26 for Demarius Thomas this year. So I, I think that it could be really just a, a more of a bonanza for the for the passing game options especially. But, you know, we, we know it's going to go through those two. I will say this. I think it. Uh, you talk about unlocking the, the deep ball. First of all, Gary Kubiak loves to do play action, right? So this will help with the play action. Uh, but that being the said, play action usually means big plays downfield. Who is that guy? That is Demarius Thomas. That's Demarius Thomas's game. I wouldn't be surprised if Paxton Lynch starts that uh, Demarius Thomas's value actually sees a significant rise. At, at least they're going to take deeper shots with him, especially off of play action. So that's something I'm, I'm excited to, to possibly see if Paxton Lynch goes Sunday versus Atlanta, who, again, is, is okay defensively. They're not great, though. Um, and they do give up points. Dwayne Washington there in Detroit suffered what appeared to be an ankle injury. We don't know what the severity is yet. Zach Zenner could get some extra work, although I think I just saw a report, actually. Dave Burkett, I think, of the free press there. Uh, Detroit free press free press said that it is an ankle, a mild ankle and foot sprain for Dwayne Washington. i got to double-check that, but I think I just saw that. So uh, there you go. Kevin White also suffered an apparent ankle injury as well. An MRI is expected. We will try to update you. You can follow us on Twitter, any single one of us on Twitter, uh, to get some of that extra info as it becomes available. All right, let's do a quick. I don't want to – sorry to just derail real quick already, but uh, I do want to just, like, briefly throw something out about Kevin White. Please. Especially how it relates to Alshon Jeffrey. Because I think Alshon Jeffrey's usage this season, to me, is the most confusing – thing that's happened so far in the fantasy season like Kevin White far and away leads the team in targets he's led the team in targets in three of the four games including 
last week where he saw, or just yesterday, where he saw nine targets despite only playing a few uh, snaps in the third quarter because he got injured. It's been so weird to me that he has been the volume hog of this offense and not Alshon Jeffrey. Uh, I, so I would love to get your guys' thoughts on do we think that Jeffrey's going to see more targets now if White misses the games? Because like, it just it doesn't make – I have like a few conspiracy theories as to why this might be. Interesting. And we could talk about those. Including if want to. depressing his contract value as well, it's tagged. I don't even know if it's that source so much as, you know, and Adam Renka actually was the one who – first threw this out. Wait, Adam me. Rank with a conspiracy theory? I know, no. right. It doesn't, it's no. But he was the first one that kind okay. of kind of turned me on to this in the preseason, and back then I was like, no, that's that's ridiculous. Don't be don't be stupid. Okay. Like, that they because they don't view Alshon as a future asset for their team, they're going to essentially dial up plays where Kevin White is the number one read, and I think you're seeing that play out because if you think about who Jay Cutler is as a quarterback and who Brian Hoyer is as a quarterback, they're both guys that really just – read one guy and throw it to one guy over and over again. So if that is indeed the play calling, I think that makes sense based on who their quarterbacks are, that that's why the ball keeps going to Kevin White. And even in the second half when White went out yesterday, Alshon didn't get a single target in the second half. So it's just, I, I again, I don't want to go like all, you know, truth or conspiracy theory here, but it's kind of making did, sense. Uh, did Slay shadow him yesterday could that have had anything to do with the two and he was also yeah, he was also dogged with a knee and a hamstring injury like yeah, he's I been a little those, bit banged those up limited him in practice he, he has been running almost primarily downfield routes too mm-hmm. and it's not like brian hoyer is a guy that necessarily loves to get the ball down the field or anything like that so i mean i think there's just a few ways that you can spin this but either way what's happened with alshon through the first four games to me has been the most confusing thing uh, that I, and like of all the things I did not expect to happen, God knows we please see so many things that we don't expect to happen. Yeah. This has been the one that's been the most like confusing to me. I mean, you look at the yardage though. Um, Alshon still is dwarfing Kevin White in terms of the yardage. I think this kind of goes to what we were saying about you know him playing downfield, right? Like Alshon's got 317 receiving yards. Kevin White's got 187. It, but to your point, 36 targets for Kevin White. Uh, versus just 25. Well, that's what's been so confusing, too, because you would think, again, I can hear the exasperation of my own voice coming out right now. (laughs) That's what's been so confusing to me about this, because it's not even like Kevin White has played well. (laughs) I mean, he hasn't looked looked that good. He's getting a lot of targets, but there's nothing, I haven't seen anything from Kevin White where I'm like, hey, yeah, like this is a dude, you got to jump on it now. Like, I haven't seen it. Yeah, I mean, he still looks raw as hell, which is to be expected, but again, it just fuels the confusion to me is, why is this guy the feature, featured player and, and not Alshon Jeffrey, who is a proven stud? I know my fear is this means we're really going to actually have to pay attention to Eddie Royal beyond the month of September. Jeez. And I know that, uh, oh, spoiler alert, I know he's in the, uh, deep wa- the deep dive waiver wire this week. But normally, you know, Eddie, Eddie Royal, Royal normally Eddie Royal has like three or four touchdowns in September, and then you can forget about him the rest of the year. Like now we might actually have to oh, like, pay no. attention. Huh. Oh. Seven targets, seven catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown last week. It's pretty good. He's uh, had he's had four catches and fifty plus yards in three or four games this year. I I always go going back to Kevin White. I always go to this uh, when I think about backup quarterbacks, um, and, and this has nothing to do with the the contract conspiracy. Although that's a great conspiracy, I don't necessarily buy it because because then you'd have to get Jay Cutler and Brian Hoyer in on that. Which well, is I mean, yeah, Brian Hoyer just. I'm, 
sure wants to just stay on a roster. So <laughs> that's fine. But still, like, hey, we need you to do this. That's okay. Yeah. That seems hard. It definitely seems like layers and layers. And right. when I was talking about that on Twitter this morning. I did JJ Zacharyson was like, well, that would seem like it would be like you just said. It seems like kind of a stretch to say that all these people would get in on it, including right. the quarterbacks. But like I said, because those are two guys that just don't hardly ever get off that first read. If they're just designing the play calls to go to Kevin White, that's good. And, and also, I would also say that would, yeah, I don't know, man. That that would get back. That would, gosh, that'd be so hard to that's cover. That's the up. Chicago way. <laughs> uh, I will say this though: like when I start thinking about backup quarterbacks getting in there, um, I always think about who do they work with in practice, right? And it's probably not necessarily the number one guy. It's the second team. Guys. It's the second team guy, Eddie Royal. So, like you say. So, I mean, I think Eddie Royal, and to a lesser degree, I think Kevin White as well. Even though I know Kevin White runs with the ones, I'm sure he got some good work in with Brian Hoyer as well. Yeah. So, I don't know, man. That's kind of my theory behind it all. But it's like you said. I mean, you look at 36 targets, just 187 yards. That's not efficiency. No, he hasn't. Yeah. By the way, one last quick – I know we're moving on, but one last quick note on Eddie Royal. Yes. Um, throughout his career in the month of September, he has 14 career touchdowns. Every other month combined throughout his career, okay. he has 14 career touchdowns. Yeah. <laughs> He's on the Martellus uh, Bennett train. He's on that Martellus <laughs> Bennett train. Hey, let's do quarter poll. Uh, and by poll, I mean P-O-L-L. So do not at tweet me talking about how quarter poll refers to horse racing and that it's the last quarter of a race and not the first quarter. You know what? Don't, we don't care. We don't care. It's the quarter pole. We're going to play a little factor fiction. I thought it was like the North Pole. Uh, no. Oh. Okay. Uh, factor fiction, I'm going to throw out some some facts or some statements, and you guys tell me if it's factor fiction, why or why not. Matt Ryan, who is the number one quarterback in the game right now and just came off of a 500-yard performance against Carolina – Oh my God! Will finish as a top three fantasy quarterback. Fact or fiction? I say fiction. Anybody else? Oh, I was oh, like, I was waiting for you. I was like, I was gonna see if anybody. Uh, you know, I I say fiction as well. Yes. Here, why? Here's why I think fiction. He's played four of the worst secondaries and teams with like zero pass rush through these first four weeks. Carolina. Which is weird to think Carolina can't like, rush the pass. Their secondary is trash, right? We 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 talked about this, I feel like, on Friday's podcast that if you were like this afraid of Matt Ryan, you must have just not been watching the Panthers defense because they can't get any pressure on the quarterback. They have a young and inexperienced secondary. I mean, their their options to cover Julio Jones on Sunday were the rookie, James Bradbury, yes. or the five foot ten inch Benay Ben Wickery. And so so not he's great? he's been able to steamroll through four awful secondaries with not much of a pass rush. And now here's where we'll find out if the real Matt Ryan will stand up. This week, Denver. Following week, Seattle. The week after, San Diego. Doesn't have a great pass rush. Has a great secondary. The week after, the Packers. And they've they've done. They, I'm not trying to be a homer here, but they've gotten a lot of pressure on the quarterback with largely Talking without Clay Matthews. Yeah. Oh yeah. They so they'll they, and they could have Sam Shields back. So that's going to be another good defense. He has to run into those four defenses. Then he gets the Bucks again. Then Philadelphia, which is also a great defense. So if Matt Ryan is still like among the top five quarterbacks after that stretch, sure I'll believe it. I just don't think he will because I have a feeling those defenses. Well, if are he's going a top to- five, if, if if he's a top five quarterback after that, uh, he's finishing in the top five. There's no there's no question in my mind. I mean, especially when you throw in Denver, Seattle. But here I, I will say this though, the guy's been a talented quarterback. I just think, and this is what I wrote on on Sunday. I just think the stats are catching up with the talent level. He's one of the top, in my opinion. He's one of the top. 10 or 12 quarterbacks in terms of talent 
in this league. The stats just have never been. He's never been a good fantasy quarterback. I get that. I just think he's like Mark Brunel back in his heyday. A little bit. And I just think the stats are now starting to catch up with him. He's got, you know, he's got reliable outside receivers uh, in Julio Jones and Mohamed Sanu. He's got two good running backs as well. We cannot talk like the the addition of Alex Mack to that offensive line has been huge uh, for the for that offense. So I don't know, man. Will he be a top three? I'm not sure. But gosh, I'm finding it difficult to talk myself out of a top five finish for Matt Ryan. Which, by the way, I, I did see your tweet. and I actually dropped your tweet about Matt Ryan in my you know things I learned for week four. And I know when you said, you know, should we be surprised? I know you wanted the resounding answer to be, no, we shouldn't be surprised. But yes, <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm surprised because he's a guy, you look at his numbers, and he has been, I mean, they've been fine. Like, past, of course, you right. You know, out of eight seasons, I think I counted three out of eight seasons where his, his quarterback rating was in the top ten. And never at any point have you talked about who are the, you know, the start listing the top quarterbacks in the National Football League. And... Almost never has Matt Ryan's name come up. He's been slightly above average. And I know that, you know, our friends on the ATN podcast for a while, they had what they called the Dalton scale, where if you were better than Andy Dalton, you were a franchise quarterback. If you were, <laughs> if you were worse than Andy Dalton, you were not. Okay. And, you know, Andy Dalton being the prime meridian of quarterbacks. Sure. And he was maybe just above, you know, a little bit above that line. He's okay. never been, I don't think he's ever been below the line, but he's never been – he's certainly never been anything close to an elite quarterback. He's been, you know, above average. He's a, a, a B quarterback. And he's felt like, you know, from a football standpoint, he he just never did the things to get over the hump for me. I mean, he was – he's the king of the red zone interception. Oh, my gosh, is he ever. And, you know, certainly fantasy-wise, he's never done anything. So, we have called yes. him. We have called him – Matt Ryan. Man, in, in this I know. Like now, I feel like I feel like I have to retire that name if he keeps playing. Yeah, well. now it's Marcus Grant. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, from a real life football perspective, the last thing I'll say defending Matt Ryan, okay, is that for a large portion of his career, they played old school football. Man, they ran that ball, and then they did play action, and they looked for the deep pass. Um, I think they've modernized his game, and they've modernized the offense a lot. His his. December schedule. Even if he struggles in that stretch that you were just talking about in yes. October and in November, his December schedule is pretty nice. Okay. Chiefs at home, Rams on the road, 49ers at home, give me and, that, and give he me gets that. the Panthers again. Give me that, give me that. We're the worst that. team in the league. Wow. <laughs> the Cleveland Browns Bold. might want to uh, take your shot. Well, they'll win two games eventually where the Panthers are going 1-15. All right, so Matt Ryan and the Falcons, they beat Cam Newton and the Panthers on Sunday. Cam right now sitting eight touchdowns, total touchdowns, six total turnovers. He's the QB number seven. He had a great week one, um, and he's been you know okay at best over the next three weeks. Cam Newton will finish outside of the top five at his fantasy position. Franchise, I see you shaking your head. No, I think he'll be a top five guy by the end of the season. He's got a really great schedule the rest of the year. They still have to play New Orleans twice. Uh, they get Oakland in week God, 12, one of the worst defenses oh, God, that in the helps. league right now. <laughs> Tampa Bay, like if he can get healthy, yeah. you know, they're they're missing Jonathan Stewart right now, which kind of hurts, but Cam, Cam can run the ball. Cam can get in the end zone on his feet, and that's what gives him his fantasy, his, uh, fantasy value, and – yeah, I think he can easily be top five. He's got two with the Saints, Oakland and Tampa Bay left on his schedule. That helps. Yeah, yep. yeah. So you know, I, I think he ends up as a top five guy. And if the defense is going to be bad, that's actually oh, that's a good point. It works out better know. for him. And like now, I just said that, and now I'm think like he'd probably pass the ball more. But 
The thing about this team, and I mean, if you listen to this podcast, you could tell like I'm a tilted Panthers follower. <laughs> Uh, fan, not uh, even a fan, just a follower, fan? just a follower. Fan. Uh, they're such a front runner team, like, and Cam Newton is just a front runner player. That's why you're is, a fan of them, right? And I'm ah. a front runner person. <laughs> I've never, I've never overcome any adversity or had any, any, any trials in my life. It's right. all been front runner. Yes, absolutely. Uh, but so I mean, I think which isn't bad. But this team, like you saw last year, they love to get the lead. They love to throw the foot on the throat, like. That's when they play their best football. And if the yeah. defense is going to be bad, now I'm kind of talking myself in the other direction where I think that might not be such a good thing, even if there's going to be more volume, especially because Cam Newton has struggled under pressure this year. Uh, he's faced blitzes on 20 per- or twenty pass attempts the last two weeks. He's at a 34.95 quarterback rating. That's not good. It's not good. And the protection, their line stinks. I mean, they have Michael Orr as their starting left tackle, which isn't good, and he's hurt. Their right tackle, Mike Remmers, is a disaster. The edge pressure is just not there, and I don't know. Like, just I, I think Cam Newton's going to end up being a top five guy, almost simply on the back, like because of his rushing. Like, the yeah. he ranks twenty seventh in the league right now in rushing of all players. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's crazy. And, uh, is that right? Yes, two that's rushing touchdowns, <laughs> just with his yards. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, God. His one hundred and forty seven yards rank twenty seventh in the NFL right that's now. That's tremendous. He's got two rushing Crazy. touchdowns. Oh if, if they figure this Kelvin Benjamin thing out, what, yeah. I think he has three catches over the last two weeks. Yeah, that makes no sense. I thought. I mean, they we all were all came. saying that it was going to be an overcorrection on Sunday, and that did not happen. That's what they just got. And like I said, this is there's something to be said about like team mentality and the way an entire organization plays, and. I think right now the Panthers are kind of a little bit lost as an organization at one and one and three, which sounds dumb because this has been the staple of Ron Rivera eras. Right. I mean, his his teams there they've started slow and then they get hot, except right. last year, and that was when Cam Newton was just a, an all star fantasy quarterback, and all these players really did well for fantasy. And I think there's just something to be said about the mindset of the team that like. I think they kind of need to find themselves right now, which yeah. is weird to say, but I think if, it makes sense. If they can't find themselves Monday night against the Buccaneers at home in primetime, then I'm going to get worried. Hey, by the way, it, this should not go unnoticed, the fact that he is in concussion protocol. Yeah. Because really, in week one, he probably suffered a concussion as well. Yeah. Uh, I know there was a big, you know, uh, big controversy. I don't want to yeah. say big controversy, but there was some controversy about him not being in the concussion protocol after week one. It, it's very likely he's suffered two concussions here in four weeks. That's something to keep an eye on, folks. Well, that's like I said, he's been just hit so much. Uh, DeMarco Murray is the number one fantasy running back in the game Ooh. right now. He will finish in the top three. Marcus Grant, I throw it to you. <laughs> <laughs> Fact or uh, fiction? I'm gonna say fiction, top three. I don't know. I think he. I think he will finish as a top five at this point because he has been the only bright spot in an otherwise that's what awful Titans True. offense. The Titans offense looks like trash. So it's Marco still producing. It's been awful. It's been awful, and he's still producing, and not just as a runner, but as a receiver too. I yep. mean, he's been a big part of their passing game. So I think that will continue. And by the way, Derrick Henry has just faded into obscurity here. He yeah. has, as Mike Tyson would say, he has faded into Bolivian. Um, I you know, but at some point, I think opposing defenses are going to realize that hey, this is the only thing that's working there because you know, for as excited as we were about Tajay Sharp at the start of the year, he's yeah. been a non-entity. Yep. Uh, in the last couple of weeks, Del- Delaney Walker has hasn't been a hundred percent healthy, so he hasn't quite been as much of a playmaker there. Demarco's the only thing they have, 
And eventually, I think teams are going to start to take that away. And even Marcus Mariota's taking a step back. Yeah, oh, he's, yeah. He he's not bad. looked good at all. And speaking of weird ranking sets, DeMarco Murray's only 25 yards out of being the leading receiver on the Titans, too. Oh, <laughs> what? Rashard Matthews is leading the team with Man. 180 yards. DeMarco Murray has 156 receiving. Oh, Dang. Exotic Smash Mouth. What? Oh. <laughs> Thunder and Thunder. Actually, you know what? Dare we go? Yeah. yeah. That's the whole Titans offense right yes. now. Except Murray. Except That's DeMarco Murray. I think if Murray can stay healthy, he can okay. be a top three. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm with, I think with so. you. I think so. I'm just concerned that he might break factor. down at some point. Yeah. Heavy usage? I haven't looked at his targets and touches or anything. Very, very heavy. He had more touches than any running back in week four. Oh, okay. 27. Yeah, and he's been used pretty much, like Mark very said, as a, as a receiver and as a runner heavily in the first four weeks. All right, how about Lev Bell? He leads the team in receptions, by the way. Oh, Of course boy. he does. Jeez. Uh, Lev Bell came back in a big way Sunday night uh, Ooh, against yeah, the Chiefs did. at home. Uh, 144 rush yards on, what, 18 attempts only? It's pretty good. 34 receiving yards as well in his very first game back. Lev Bell will finish as the RB1. Uh, Fact or fiction? Fiction, because David Johnson is going to finish as the RB1. Yep. Ditto. Yep. I'm yep. af- I'm afraid of D'Angelo <laughs> Williams stealing goal line work like he did. Like Ditto. He did. He did. He I did know. as well. Also, the fact that you know he's kind of spotted a lot of people four games. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that, that, yeah, that's but exactly. how bad has the running back position been uh, the last couple of years? If he stays healthy, 12 games of Lev Bell, I mean, he's going to push for the top. He's He'll be in the top five, guys. Yeah, yeah. He's going to be in the top five. At 178 yards by himself. That's what I'm saying. I mean – He's already ahead of you know, Jay Ajayi. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean you could have. <laughs> not saying much. All right. How well, about listen, this? listen to this. This yeah. is Todd Gurley's had 82 attempts, 216 rushing yards this year. Le'Veon Bell has 18 attempts, 144 rushing yards. Right. Exactly. So, exactly. I, and it, one's it, played four games, one played. And by the way, if D'Angelo didn't snake that touchdown, Lev Bell has even more points here. Right, exactly. Okay, so if Lev Bell doesn't finish as the RB1, he finishes as the RB2. Factor yeah. fiction. Wow. I mean, too, huh? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> who, who cares? Let's move on. Uh, We're splitting hairs. Top Marvin five. Jones. Top five for Lev Bell. Marvin Jones, the wide receiver number three in the game right now, is going to finish as a top five wide receiver. Fact or fiction? Fiction. fiction. Yeah. I love Marvin Jones, but I'm going to go with hard fiction here. Hard fiction. I Why think he could finish as a top 12 receiver. I was going to say top 15 I mean, I'd feel very comfortable with. but Yeah, I mean, I think he could be a wide receiver one just because of the volume that he's getting there. I mean, Golden Tate literally is a, not a factor. He played 15. And they were trying to make Golden Tate happen. They were trying. Stop it. Yep. And then they, and then they stopped, though. They they realized that. They corrected their mistake, Marcus. They were <laughs> yeah. trying, and that's, then Golden Tate was on the bench. Matt Stafford was so upset after that interception, too. Yeah, that was one. So th- angry. And after that, I mean, Jim Caldwell has – Denied it up and down that they benched Golden Tate on yeah. Sunday. Did he show his angry face when he said that? <laughs> you mean the same face he always has? I couldn't tell. I like, couldn't tell if he was he was angry like, with the like reporters the happy or, face or the sad face or the frustrated face. It looks like all the faces. But I, he Golden Tate played, uh, I believe, fifty nine percent of the snaps. Bolden played eighty eight, and Andre Roberts played forty four percent. Why can't Marvin Jones finish in the top five? Because I just think there are other guys that are going to be ahead of him. I mean, you know, I think. Odell Beckham, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, yeah. Antonio Brown. That's already four right there. Okay. And I think that Alan there are, Robinson. I think Robinson has a has a better floor than Jones does. But, I mean, Jones has a great floor, too. Sure. You know, his two slow games have been four for 85 and five for 74. Exactly. Right. So, I think that – I mean, 
it's not out of the question, but I would say he's much more of like a top ten, top twelve guy because, yeah. especially if other if other players are going to not step up, teams will will eventually have to start covering and playing Jones as the number one, which I think is kind of an overrated thing, anyways, to say. But at the same time, I just think that there are other players that are more physically gifted and can take games over. DeAndre Hopkins, who was drafted as a top five wide receiver, is currently the wide receiver number twenty five in the game or maybe he might be 24 either way he's in the mid 20s somewhere he had just four yards in week four he's got less points than eddie royal deandre hopkins will finish outside of the top 15 in fantasy this year i'm gonna say i'm gonna go fiction on that um there will be a correction coming at some point uh especially as will fuller starts to get more attention and, and fuller has played very well and now it's at a point where defenses can't – not that they were ignoring him, but they do have to start to give him a little extra attention and make sure that he can't continue to be that big play guy. So things will hopefully loosen up a little bit on, on Nuke. So I, I think you see him knock on the door and crack into the top 15. Anybody? I, I got to go Fiction as well. I think he's also a baffling call away from having another touchdown and 40 yards or whatever in yeah. his pocket in, in the early portion of the season. Good point. And, you know, when Harmon was, Harmon was mentioning the kind of wide receivers that can take over a game, that's Nuke. He did it with horrific quarterback play at times. Last year, we were still posted good lines with, like, TJ Yates and stuff. So I think this is going to be one of those cases where there's probably an overcorrection coming where Nuke might be chirping a little bit of practice. Bill O'Brien's calling the plays. They'll get him a bunch more. I don't think he's going to, you know, he's not going to probably crack the top 10, but in that 10 to 15 range. He'll be I mean, right. we just yeah. talked about Alshon Jeffrey, Kevin White. I mean, it's it's clear at this point. We're four games in. It's clear Brock Osweiler is favoring Will Fuller. It is. The one thing I will say that's concerning, and I think it speaks to what Harmon talked about at the beginning of the year, and, and Gelhart talked about it too at the start of the year, the regression coming because of the number of targets that Hopkins had last year. And it, yeah. I think I saw uh, J.J. Zacharyson tweet this morning that, Last year, DeAndre Hopkins had a 31% target share for the season. This year, it's down to 23%. That's that's a notable difference he's, so far. He's Huge. on pace for 132 through four games, and which is great. Now four games, I think we feel like we can use on pace and yeah. be legitimate oh, yeah. with it. Hell yeah. Semi-legitimate. But, you know, he's on pace for 132 targets. He had 192 last year. A drop of 60 is catastrophic. Right. Uh, so I'm going to present the other side and think, say that that's absolutely a, a re- legitimate possibility. I mean – Nuke can take over games, but because this team is running less plays, they ran seventy-five or sixty-five plays last week in in week four, and that's not what they were doing in the first half of last year when he was absolutely taking games over. And even in the last half of last year, when he was still the clear number one target hog, you know they were playing more defense. They were playing better defense. They were playing running better, running the ball, and he was a wide receiver twelve. So I think that it's absolutely possible he could drop out of the top fifteen. Uh, this defense is is still going to be very good, even if J.J. Watt's not there. They are going to continue to give Lamar Miller the ball. So there are weeks where Hopkins is going to see like six targets. So wouldn't shock me at all if he finishes outside the top 15. I mean, again, it wouldn't shock me if he finishes inside, but I think it's a very real possibility. All right, there you go. Let's play a little, uh, in the words of Silky Johnson, hate, hate, hate. hate. Uh, let me give you some stats here, uh, and we'll talk about what they mean in fantasy. Fa- Ryan Fitzpatrick had nine interceptions over his last two games. Nine interceptions, one touchdown over his last two games. <laughs> He's the first to throw nine-plus interceptions in a two-game span since Steve DeBerg 
1986. Now, I just want to throw the stat out there because it was historically bad. Steve DeBerg. Huh? Steve DeBerg, Steve 1986. DeBerg. Uh, the last time a quarterback threw nine interceptions in two games. But what does it mean for the passing offense here? Uh, Brandon Marshall did get that touchdown. But this offense, uh, oh, boy, it, it has not looked good uh, the last two games. Well, I mean, from a receiver standpoint, the interceptions don't necessarily hurt you, except for the fact that you know the team doesn't have the ball anymore. Doesn't matter for fantasy, man. <laughs> right? Exactly. At least not. At least doesn't matter for fantasy for your receiver. If you have the quarterback, then that's a how about the story. running back, Matt Forte? Uh, you know, I don't know that it matters there either. I think the only the only thing I think the bigger issue for the Jets. Not the bigger issue, but one of the big issues is the fact that their defense, their secondary in particular, has been really awful. I mean, really bad. I feel like their pass rush and their front seven have been okay. Their secondary has really struggled. Yeah. So what it means is that regardless of what's going on with Fitzpatrick throwing the ball to the wrong color jersey all the time, they're going to have to keep throwing it. As long as they're I giving know. up points, they're going to have to keep throwing it to stay in games. But how does that not affect Matt Forte? I think it does affect Forte. I would take that side of it. But the the Jets are 10th in the league in pass attempts. The secondary regressing is a really good point by Marcus. Like Quincy Anunwa instead of Eric Decker for the time being and right. Brandon Marshall are going to have, again, such a highly concentrated offense that those guys really aren't going to be too affected. But I don't think you're going to see many games with Fitzpatrick turning the ball over, with the de- defensive secondary giving up big plays that Matt Forte is going to have. 20 rushing attempts, or, or like he did in the first two games. I don't think there's going to be a lot of games like that. That's uh, I, I would agree with that. Uh, let's talk about uh, Todd Gurley. Let's give you a Todd Gurley update. Of course, it's going to fit into the hate, hate, hate segment. Uh, 82 yards in week four, 33 yards rushing on 19 carries. That's a 1.7 yard per carry average. Right now, he is the RB number 23. He's got seven more fantasy points than Terrence West, FYI. I mean, obviously, the Ram to own is Brian Quick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we said. At the beginning. We told everybody at the beginning of the season, go get Brian Quick. He's a second-round pick. I mean, uh, right? That's, that's that's what we all talked about, right? Uh, no. Oh. <laughs> no. Sure. No, we did okay. not. Okay. That is uh, incorrect. Okay. Uh, Todd Gurley, what do you do with Todd Gurley at this point? I mean, I think the, the, the window to trade him is it's over. Is pretty gone. Much, pretty much gone. Told you to sell high on him last week. Yeah. Uh, that, was, that was the moment. And even if you, you do sell him. Right, like, what are you getting back? I don't know. Terrence I don't know West? that you're getting much. <laughs> uh, ew. <laughs> I mean, that's what I'm saying. If you have Todd Gurley and somebody's like, "Hey, I'll give you Brian Quick and Terrence West," you're gonna say no. Yeah. It's like you're not you're not doing that. It's like so. I think both sides would kind of be stuck. If you're a Gurley owner, you don't want to trade him for nothing. That being said, if you're trying to trade for him, you're not going to give up a lot to go get Todd Gurley because he's been so bad. Yeah. Uh, so I, I feel like in the trade market, you're, you're pretty much stuck w- with Todd Gurley. What's going to happen well, is, you know, we do the woulda, coulda, shoulda segment on Fantasy Live on Mondays. Right. There's going to be a week where we're going to get flooded with Todd. Like, I sat Todd Gurley, and, you know, lo and behold, he actually had 25 points this week because that game is going to happen. Oh, yeah. And it could conceivably happen – this coming week, or even the week after, they play the Bills and the Lions the next two weeks. Neither one of those defenses have been particularly impressive, especially Detroit. So there's going to be another sell-high window, I think, and I think that's when you take it. All right. Uh, even if you can get whatever, for, like whatever usable asset you can get, I feel like you – because you should get out of it because – and I know this was like my – stance at the beginning of the, of the season. So this I'm, was the harm and fire tip. It is not like it's not like confirmation bias, but there's literally no 
overselling what a disaster of a top five pick he has been. Yep. This, this comes across my t- timeline this morning. Todd Gurley's the first running back in NFL history with 80-plus carries in his team's first four games and a yards per carry under 2.75. Whoa. I mean, just a nightmare. So, uh, And you know these games are coming. Uh, by the way, yesterday's game too, right? Doesn't that that should have been a Todd Gurley type game? It's close. They're going to feed him the ball. I mean, they gave him what uh, nineteen carries. Uh, this is a Todd Gurley type of game here, where you're thinking, okay, this guy could break out a little bit. Last year, didn't he have like hundred fifty yards or something on the Cardinals? Yeah, so he went yeah. berserk. It, it Cardinals. was it was possible. Uh, this seemed to me. Uh, you talk about negative game script. This was not a negative game script for Todd Gurley. This actually, was the kind of game that Todd Gurley should have played well. He actually had five catches too, yeah. which was a career high. Uh, I think it was only the Is third. Is it really? That's a yeah. career, career high. high career and high 49 receiving yards. yards. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. But that all came because Benny Cunningham was hurt. Like, right. that's something you can't even really be encouraged about. Well, but His longest been, run of the day, by the way, is five yards. Ugh. Six yards. 24 total touches, 80, 82 yeah. total yards. Like, what? Well, and the game script has actually favored him because the last couple of weeks the Rams have gotten out to a lead. Right. They've been in close games where they don't have to just drop back and sling the ball all over the place. And I don't know if it's a combination of defenses scheming to stop him or poor offensive line play, but whatever it is. I think it's both of those. I saw a lot of tweets earlier today of screen grabs of nine guys in the box to stop Gurley. Mm-hmm. Although I, I think I was, look, I was looking at like our next-gen stat stuff. I don't even, He's not even like you know far and away the number one facing you know, no, no. stacked boxes. Like, like Garrett Blunt has faced more stacked boxes, I think, than Todd Gurley, or at least he did in week three. And we've still seen LeGarrette Blunt get off. You combine, right. you combine it's that. The line, a lot, the line has a lot yeah, to do Yeah, you combine two. that with a, with an underperforming line, though, and it's a recipe for disaster. Yeah. I think when I was on the couch yesterday, they talked about how Todd Gurley's averaging, like, the second lowest yards before contact in the league. Like, he's getting a half a yard before somebody's hitting him. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's like, interesting. That's like he's getting the football, and taking a half a step, right. and, <laughs> and, and getting then getting hit. hit. Yeah. And you know what also scares me, too? Like, even if this could eventually get right, Right. Okay. The fact that he's getting hit so much, they're the the number one correlation to injuries right. is workload. So I mean, this could like I'm not I don't want to jinx the guy, but like this could be a situation where it's like he could get injured at any moment, and he has an injury history. I'm That's no very good f- point. I'm no football genius, but I feel like if you get hit a lot, your chances of getting hurt go up. <laughs> right. If I punch you in the eye over and over again, the longer I keep punching you in the eye, eventually it's going to go black. Right. Uh, very good point. Uh, John Kuhn, by the way, <laughs> FYI, uh. had three touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> three touchdowns. What? John Kuhn, the specter of John Kuhn lives. He immediately jumped to the top. I, I'm uh, this week. I'm going to start putting out my quarter pole watch list for some of my, you know, fantasy awards. Okay. The the Zach Crockett Award, which goes to fantasy vulture of the year. Yeah. John Kuhn has rocketed to the top. <laughs> Straight of to the, the top, baby. Of the Zach Crockett Award watch list. <laughs> Three touchdowns for New Orleans now. Not uh, the, for the, the best part was the last one. He he legit intercepted a pass <laughs> that was going to Kobe Fleener. Oh yeah, like it was not intended for him. He yeah. jumped up, <laughs> snagged it, <laughs> gets tackled at the one, and then gets the ball again to go in for the touchdown. <laughs> so even people that had Kobe Fleener and were like, "Well, at least he can maybe catch a touchdown." Nope. Nope. No. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, can I also say this about – people were asking me about Fleener because, you know, he, he had a good game. When Snead was out, I don't think it can be understated that when Snead is in, Fleener does not get a lot uh, of high-quality looks. No. No. The week, the week Snead was out, I think Fleener had, I think, 11 targets that week. Yeah. Right. And that was when he had his big game. Yesterday, that dropped back down, I think, five targets. Five targets, three. three catches. Yeah. And, again, I don't even know how high-quality those targets are, right? I mean, I didn't watch the game front to back, but – 
Um, uh, you know, sometimes Drew Brees will have a little bit bailout throw, and if you know Fleener's over there, maybe. But uh, what's neat in there, man? I'm telling you, I, I just I don't believe in Fleener. I just don't believe in him, especially his role in that offense. I just don't. I don't believe there is nothing predictable about the Saints' offense. Michael Thomas led the team in wide receiver snaps uh, last last week, and Brandon Cooks, by the way, six catches, 143 yards, two touchdowns a week one. Since yep. then, 12 catches, 112 yards, and no scores on 23 targets <laughs> last three weeks. But that's your fault. You drafted Brandon Cooks. I mean, I I don't like highly the, volatile player. Highly volatile player. This is who he is. He's on, and he's another on pace guy for under 130 targets. Like I had people in my I mentioned all summer telling me I was wrong about Brandon Cooks. Like, oh, he'll get 140 targets, blah, blah, blah. No, he's not. He's not going to happen. Sorry. Anyone want some tea? <laughs> <laughs> I like Mark Ingram. Mark Ingram is, is getting back on the right track, though. 24 touches, 105 yards, and a touchdown for the second week in a row. Six catches for 49 yards. And he probably should have had more, right, Like in terms of touchdowns? Well, because of John Coon John Coon John Coon, right. Yeah. I do love how – Mark Ingram's name gets said, and everybody kind of turns to look at James. Well, <laughs> I was, uh, it's a good point, Francis. I'm glad you brought that up because I, Harmon and I talked about it a little bit last night after work, too. I saw a friend, Pat Thorman, had tweeted that Ingram's targets have basically gone up every week. He was targeted like two times, four times, six times, and seven times, and he's caught two, four, four, and six of those. So, so I feel like they've course-corrected a little bit in the backfield. Yeah. They were like, we're going to give it to all these guys. And I'm like, yeah. wow, all these other players suck, and we have this really good back named Mark Ingram here. Let's actually give him more touches. Yeah. All right, That's we'll good. see. Good. We uh, shall see. We shall see. Top performers <laughs> from week four. Uh, by the way, on pace is on pace for about 870 rushing yards, just FYI. Uh, oh, never had 1,000 yards? Is that your narrative? It's, it's, it's weird, isn't it? He, mm. that he's never had. Uh, uh, top performers for uh, for week four at quarterback position, Matt Ryan, 500 yards, four touchdowns. Big Ben, 305 touchdowns. Woo! The home and away splits for Big Ben. That's not That game's not going to help them. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's silly. It is absolutely silly. The home and road splits uh, for the Steelers offense, in particular for Big Ben, it's just ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Uh, Russell Wilson, shockingly in the top five. Russell Wilson, 300 uh, passing yards and three touchdowns. He looked like he was moving well for having two injured knees. Yeah, well, or a foot, was, uh, whatever it is. Was, a- ankle, okay. ankle, ankle and a knee. Yeah. This, this comes from Next Gen Stats, too. He had 84.4% of his plays inside the pocket. 20 completions, 27 attempts, 282 yards, and one touchdown. So, damn all you people who say Russell Wilson's not a pocket passer. Well, and damn you. Real quick aside, like they people said that last year too, but when he went on his torrid stretch, it was almost all from the pocket. He was not freestyling yeah. and, and balling out and running around. Like that's a it's a lazy narrative people want to rely on. The, yeah. Russell Wilson can sling it from the pocket. Lazy. Although I, the 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 freestyling though is what gets him. Those extra points. That's what yes. makes him special. Yeah. Right, makes, exactly. Yeah. exactly. But he can stand in the pocket and throw it in good numbers. 100%. Uh, Derek Carr, also in your top five here. 199 passing yards, which isn't great, but you know what is great? Four, Four touchdowns. Yeah, buddy. Uh, at the, to Amari Cooper. Yet oh. to, to find He still does not have a touchdown this year. Uh, is that right? Yep. yep. Yeah, Seth Roberts man. has three. <laughs> Seth Roberts Crabtree has is five? He has oh, four. No. I wrote about that in Deep Dive. Seth Roberts owns like 11% of the team targets and has 33.3% well, of the touchdowns. He leads, he leads the team, the team in, in red, red zone, zone targets. He has five targets in the red zone. Everybody but Amari Cooper is a red zone weapon in that. Crabtree has three touchdowns How in the red zone. How does that make sense? Seth Roberts has it's, – it's but like it's becoming one of those things that like his rookie year it's like – that's strange. Why wasn't he used more often in the red zone? To now we're here into the middle, or not the middle point, but the quarter point of his second year. season. We're like, uh. 
that's strange. When it starts to get that long, it's, I know. you kind of have to wonder, maybe that's just not where they want to use him. I love that it's just a stake in the heart to Niner fans, too, that they continually throw fade routes to Crabtree, and How? he continually pulls them in for How? touchdowns. <laughs> Don't care. Suck it. Michael Crabtree's one of How? my favorite receivers. Look, I, I, I like them in San Francisco. He was a good receiver. It's just that, you know, it just – the fade route in particular right. for touchdown I mean, is just, such a stake in the heart. There were so fans. many opportunities, you know, <laughs> losing to Seattle, losing to the Super oh, Bowl. Oh, it's so funny. Oh. At the running back position, DeMarco Murray continues to impress. 119 total yards, two touchdowns. Ezekiel Elliott really came on in the second half, man. Nearly 160 total yards there uh, and had a score as well. Matt Jones. Matt flipping Jones <laughs> <laughs> had 140 yards and a touch. And the crow flew. The crow flew. Crow! I was waiting. 134 total yards and a touchdown. Isaiah Crowell, ladies and gentlemen. I told you he would. That was from the fiery phone-in. Fiery phone Was that not from the fiery phone-in? It was. You You guys should have seen me. I was standing in my living room. Oh, my boxers. I was going to say, say, I'm like going, crow, (laughs) crow. Pacing around the room while I'm like telling your your dog's got to be looking at you like, what the hell is going on? It was ridiculous. That is tremendous. I definitely, I'm glad you confirmed that because that's exactly how I picture those five. That's true. You clearly pantsless, potentially already drinking whiskey, Cheeto, Dorito dusts already on the, on the table. Yeah. Perfect. And just. Just screaming. I love I it. I love it. I absolutely love it. At the wide receiver <laughs> position, we know about Julio, 300 Can I? Can I just laugh at myself real quick? For yes. And plenty of podcast listeners have tweeted me about this, that I just raised the concern about Julio Jones as a top five receiver last podcast. Yep. Then he drops three hundo, 300 in, a touch. in a touch. Woo! That's just like perfect. And I tweeted back to all those people. I'm like, yeah, it looks pretty stupid in hindsight. And uh, Matt Harmon, uh, who's an idiot, right? right. No. Perfect. Just a perfect reminder. Perfect. Like, <laughs> never take this stuff too seriously, <laughs> <laughs> because that that was and that's one of the things. Like, too, also just piece of advice if you're ever trying to get into this business. Like, don't watch the games and like tilt on your calls because it just. You're gonna. They're gonna have a miserable. Yeah, day. you're not gonna enjoy like watching Julio Jones just drop nuts all over this, all over right. the Panthers secondary. It's so it's just. It was just. It was almost kind of funny. It's it's pretty funny too because people do come back to me and say, ah. What horrible advice you gave. And I'm like, I don't even know what advice I gave. <laughs> <laughs> what did I say? I mean, I don't even know at uh, this point. Blackout during I mean, some of this Seriously. Stuff. I mean, look, I try to answer him. I just – I don't even know. Uh, Michael Crabtree, 88 yards, which is okay. The GOAT. Uh, three touchdowns. That's more than okay. That's more than okay. A.J. Green, 173 yards and a touch. Brian Quick. You made this list. Brian Quick, Quick again. Is the name. Two touchdowns, that's why. Two touchdowns. How many Qu- yards? Quick as the name. 69 yards. Nice. nice. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe he made this list of top performers. Get Brian Quick out of here. Like, can we ask, Can we talk about Brian Quick? Buying into Quick. Hell yeah, we can talk about Brian Quick. Uh, we can. I'm not buying. How, uh, well, I would Person. say no, no, no. I would say don't rush out to buy it either. And yeah. I wrote no? about this in Deep Dive. Well, it's because everybody's going to want to be quick to go out and get him because he has three touchdowns. They're going to want to be quick, quick to, to get, get Brian Quick. quick. Oh! 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 Right. Right. Unintentional. But. Na- nailed it. <laughs> I hate puns. The fact of the matter is, he's yet to play like over sixty-three percent of the snaps, and he's he's seeing like three, two, five targets a game. Two of his three touchdowns have come on busted coverages. Busted plays. (laughs) Whereas Kenny Britt has led the team in wide receiver snaps almost every week, and has had like four for sixty-seven in three of the four games. Is a possible breakout coming for? Yes, he has yet to find the end zone. Right. 
but he's been the much more consistent. Uh, he owns like 28% of the targets and stuff. I'm not saying it's great. I'm saying if you're in a deep league and you need to get a wide receiver, don't chase the points with Brian Quick. Chase the consistent production and field you know, playing time with uh, Kenny Britt. Good call. Here's why I'm going to talk out of both ends of my mouth here okay. in, this, in this segment. Because uh, you're right. You shouldn't go out and chase it and think that this is like a, a huge thing that's about to happen because he did play 55% and then 54% of the snaps in the last two weeks. He's only seen eight targets through those two games. Okay. But if somebody is going to be a difference maker in the Rams passing game, it is going to be Brian Quick. You know, he was off to a great start. One of the best quotes is from Marcus Grant about his dynasty team and and Brian <laughs> Quick in 2014. Uh, what, what did you say, like – my, my, my dynasty team was looking pretty good until Brian Quick got hurt. Yeah, right. I mean, that just shows, but he was balling yeah. out in the early part of 2014. Also probably says it's something about your dynasty team. But, <laughs> like, he was off to a really good start, had a significant shoulder injury that almost ended his career and okay. cost him a ton of time. It cost him his effectiveness in 2015. He, But, again, barely made the team. He's not really playing. But I'm so stupid that I will like. I mean, I love Brian Quick, and I want to root time. for him. But I, I'm, I would get Kenny Britt now, but hope Brian Quick starts to play more later. I mean, how, isn't that the isn't that the case though? Right, like Brian Quick could come around, right? Like he's six four, two hundred twenty pounds. It's not like Britt's Tavon Austin size. I no, 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 big, you're right. He's a big guy. Yeah, but too. No, Britt is big boy. Britt is Britt though. Uh, Kenny Britt, uh, he's also a little bit older. Brian Qu- Brian Quick is a younger dude. Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. The athletic profile for Brian Quick is legit. Yeah. Um, kind of to what Matt Harmon said. I wouldn't look if I'm going to add anybody. It's not going to be Kenny Britt. No, we've we've seen that move. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. I'm not I'm not buying the sequel. You know what so, I mean? This is kind of funny though because you mentioned like Kenny Britt is is an older guy. He's been in the league longer, but he's 28 years I was old. Say, he's he's only like, he's a year. He's a Ryan year older. Is, is, he, is a year younger at 27? I was oh just looking God. that up too. I was just looking because Britt like, was like absurdly young when he yeah. came. Yeah, that's oh, crazy. Oh man, that's crazy. Yeah. Wow, I feel like he's been in the league since the freaking. I feel, like I feel like he should be as old as Anquan Bolden or something. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, he's been in the in the league since he's been in the league for eight years. So he came in when he was like a young twenty year old. Oh my god! But they're like basically the same player. Okay. I they mean, are. they're both six three, about two twenty. Yeah, you know, big, big fast. same age, yeah. big yeah. fast underachievers. <laughs> so I mean, oh boy. Uh, how about at the tight end position? Your top performers, Jordan Reed, got back on track big time. Seventy-three uh, receiving yards, two touchdowns. They finally started looking for him again in the red zone, um, and shockingly, he caught those balls in the red zone. Uh, I know it's a sh- it's a surprise. He, he is the just throw it to your good players player of the week. I know it makes yeah okay. weird that weird that the, when they started targeting Jordan Reed in the red zone instead of Jameson Crowder, who is about as big as James over here. Yep. Uh, they Huge. they started scoring touchdowns. <laughs> <laughs> Weird. Uh, I know it's odd. Greg Olson continues his fine play: seventy six receiving yards and a touchdown and a two point conversion. Which obviously means that Derek Anderson needs to be the starting quarterback in Carolina going forward. Oh, they well. got their they got their best quarterback under center. Yep, there, there you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. There it is. Well. Olson saw thirteen targets, but but when Cam was on the field, legitimately he had four targets for no catches. Hmm. Ouch. Yo. Well, they're playing a little comeback. I don't know. No, it was just it was just to goes to show you like how. Just obviously, just we are exaggerating. People do not at us about. <laughs> oh, you can, you can, right, you can right. at me. The problem is, like, I really shouldn't talk this much junk on the Panthers because, like, so many Panthers people follow me. Like, oh, this is gonna end up bad for me. Oh, I'm just joking, kind of. Okay, uh, Hunter Henry there in San Diego. The yeah, buddy. Mar- the Marcus, rookie move. Type question for you. Anyone want some tea? Mm. <laughs> yes. Yes. A little bit of honey. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Ah, uh, sixty-one. Nice 
yards and a touchdown. Almost had two. He almost had two. two. Twice, two. Uh, He is your number three. Took it away from him. Fantasy tight end. Uh, Jimmy Graham. Can we talk about Jimmy Graham? Hell yeah. I think he's back. Look, back-to-back 100-plus yard performances for Jimmy Graham. He was your number four fantasy tight end this week. Um, Is he back? Yes. Yes, I, I mean, he's back. Yeah. Just definitively back, yeah. He yeah, led, he led. We're the, back. Led the team in targets. Okay. In week four, after it's his, his was his second uh, consecutive 100 yard game. First time that's happened, I think, since 2013. Certainly, the first time it's happened in Seattle. Yeah. yeah oh, well, abs- absolutely. But just also with Wilson being more stationary, staying in the pocket. That's more, a great point. He's just throwing more traditional quarterback passes right. and just delivering it, dropping it right in the bucket for Jimmy Graham there in contested situations, which, you know, I think we've said that before when he first started showing up in week three. How about that first catch he had? He the, one-handed? the one-handed yeah. going away. I that mean, was he, pretty. He looks, oh, like, my God. he looks like Jimmy Graham. And, I mean, just talking about, like, watching a guy play, like, back when he was on it with the Saints, he was one guy that you watched him play, like, especially, again, watching the Panthers so much, like, every time they would play each other. Yeah. Would just be like, oh, holy hell, we don't have anybody that can cover that guy. <laughs> like, he's, he's, he's that type of player that's just, like, menacing. What a smooth athlete he is. But, uh, but you think it's because he used to play basketball? Wait, uh, wait, he what? Whoa, whoa. Yeah, whoa. I don't know if you guys know this, He's, but I was doing some research, dug it up. Jimmy Graham used to play basketball. This wow. is the first time hearing of how have How has our research team not been on this? We have a whole group of researchers. How does nobody know this? How are you the first to uncover this? Wow, that's crazy. Just, just on that grind, guys. I mean, it makes sense. I mean, we saw it with Antonio Gates. It's yeah, I know. Well. I mean, who also, by the way, played a little basketball. Oh, no way. No way. Come on. I know. Breaking. Break. What a coincidence. <laughs> All right, should, we, should we hit a couple waiver wire guys? Please, will you? Snaps, yeah. Alex Gellhorn. So, I mean, obviously some big names off the top. If people didn't pick up Jordan Howard or Bilal Powell or Terrence West in your league, go okay. rectify that immediately. Get him. Uh, Steve Smith. Wait, you still believe in Terrence West even though Kenneth Dixon's supposed to come back? Yes, yeah. Ter- Terrence West looked great. Oh, are your, are your expectations for Kenneth Dixon finally in line with reality? Wow. I, I even said that. Wow. I never said he was going to come in and take over everything. Wow. I'm actually I'm actually I'm actually joking with you, but there are ap- there were absolutely people on Twitter that believe that Kenneth Dixon is going to come back and be this year's David Johnson without question and it's just Oh, good lord. I wouldn't I, go that far. Not even like that, him. but even like a, even like a light version of of this year's David Johnson would be outrageous. Dude, so, I yeah. love Kenny. I'm trolling Gelhar a little bit, but for for God's sakes, I mean there have been so many people that just been outrageous with Kenneth Dixon expectations the in- pretty much basically since he's been drafted. All right. Yeah, I think he's going to come in and have a role, and if West sputters, he could take over more, but West looked great. He's a, he's a good between-the-tackle runner. He's shown extra excellent quickness and vision so far. Wow. He was going Just to be, the, I mean, this preseason, it was the East Coast version of the Awakening. They, yes. You know, people yeah. talked about Terrence West the way they were talking about Christian Michael in Seattle. But pick up him if he's available. Kenneth Dixon, too. I mean, right now, the the Baltimore backfield is awful catching passes and doing stuff with it, which is a huge part of Tressman's offense. They're, they've got 167 yards on 36 targets right Justin now. Justin Fortes a drop, right? Yeah. Oh, yes. Get rid of him. I mean, the Ravens dropped him. I know. Essentially, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying, he's a drop. Uh, again, you can read all of my things. I think I profiled something like 36 guys over the last two days between <laughs> NFL.com slash waivers and NFL.com slash deep dive. Steve Smith, speaking of the Ravens, like, he's uh, led the team in targets each of the last two weeks. And crazy. He, It's insane. He's a 37-year-old coming off a ruptured Achilles, and he doesn't look like he's lost a step at all. Can I, can I just, like, take this moment right now to publicly apologize to Steve Smith, who is <laughs> – sure. Certainly going to listen to this podcast. Yes, obviously. of course, obviously. Uh, along with all the other players, like John Brown, who's my best friend. Right. Um, <laughs> like 
the fact I Steve Smith is literally my favorite football player of all time. Former Carolina Panther. I've written about that, like what he meant to me as a player on my website before. He just like only player that I actually makes me feel anything because I'm dead inside uh, is Steve Smith. <laughs> I can confirm. Yeah, thank you, franchise. Appreciate that. And I just want to extend this moment to please beg for forgiveness because I doubted Steve. I didn't think he would ever play again. I didn't. Th- I mean, either. I mean, they said his his Achilles was like a shredded chicken. <laughs> But not only is he playing more and playing well, this week, uh, I'm going to tweet this out eventually, but his next-gen stats route chart from week three to week four shows him running a lot more downfield routes, getting nice. downfield and everything. Yeah, getting so, healthy. I mean, just, my God. Just, what a story. He's like 1,000 years old. Is he going to play next year? <laughs> like, right, but is he, though? <laughs> Maybe. Uh, but to, to speed through some of these, we can get to Daps. Uh, okay. Dontrell Inman's a guy that should be on the radar. Everybody was quick to pick up Tyrell, Tyrell Williams, Williams and stuff. Yeah. Inman's actually led the team in wide receiver snaps each of the last three weeks, and, and then has. this was the first time where he saw a wealth of targets. Don't sure if that, Not sure if that's going to hold up week to week, but it's he's a guy to get. Robert Woods, <laughs> we, we were talking about not trusting anybody in the Bills passing game, but for deeper leagues, he's actually seen 28% of Tyrod's uh, targets the last two weeks, and about almost 40% of the yards have gone his way. So it's not going to be a very high upside play, but if, Safer like, floor. On, a, on a week like this week where the Saints, the Jags, the Chiefs, and the Seahawks are all out with a lot of big-name wide receivers that people have on their rosters, Interesting. if you need a safe floor play, Robert Woods is not a horrible ad. There you go. Uh, tight ends, Hunter Henry, as Marcus said. Richard Rodgers, not the most exciting play, but the Giants have gotten abused over the middle of the field. Come on. By tight ends. Let's go, Rip. Jared, Jared Cook is out. If the Packers want to do terrible. that. And he's terrible. Rip Rogers, Ken, baby. Ken Let's go. By the way, who, a little bit of cow bias coming through there. Who, uh, Let's go. Who do the Lions play this week? They play the Eagles. Eagles. Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Trey well, Burton. If he's back, Trey Burton, maybe, yeah. Brent Sullivan. I, I, read that Zach, <laughs> I read that Zach Ertz is now healthy and is expected to play. All right. Um, and then, speaking of the Eagles, Carson Wentz, good streamer this week. And it's not pretty, but Brian Hoyer, so far in two starts, has thrown over 300 yeah. yards and two touchdowns in each start and gets the Colts this week. How so. is it possible that Brian Hoyer continues to live in the NFL? Because it is like it is NFL law that wherever Brian Hoyer goes, he's going to get it. It's true. It's, 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 it's so true. It's crazy. Cleveland. Houston. Right above, right above how nobody knows what a catch is in the NFL bylaws book. Right. That wherever Brian Hoyer goes, he will start and have fantasy relevant weeks. Yeah, and now let's cut to Dean Blandino explaining that rule, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> the Brian Hoyer rule. All right, let's get the daily daps and get out. Extra, extra, read all about it. This is the daily daps and hoop. Give me daps because I be scribbling right. Give me dabbing up daps and bound daps. daps daily dab time. We shall start with the man to my right, the magical beard of fantasy. What is going on, franchise? Hey, hey. Hey, hey, pal. I'm going to undaps, anti-daps, whatever that is. Oh, sure. A negative okay. daps uh-huh. to uh, Hurricane Matthew. Okay. That's ravaging the Caribbean right now. I mean, Matthew Harmon, we're bo- both born with this name. And, oh, uh, I see. I apologize ahead of time for any damage this hurricane is okay. going to inflict Same. upon said countries in its path. It looks like it's about to slam into Jamaica and Haiti. So. Is that the one that delayed the Tampa game? Uh. Probably. I don't know if it's correlation. that. I don't know if it's that far Portland. north yet, but I don't know. Or maybe uh, it was lightning. Uh, really apparently, it's also headed for the United States a little later. We don't really have to deal with that on the West Coast, but for everyone on the East Coast, stay safe. Uh, take cover. Stay safe. And sorry. All right, there you go. Don't don't hate us because our names are Matthew. <laughs> Whiskey from Wisconsin. Plenty, of, other, uh, plenty of other reasons. I didn't watch a lot of these games in entirety, but college football had a hell of a weekend with some wild finishes and stuff. So, daily daps to uh, college football for making it a fun weekend and for our friends like Sean Sullivan, who is just uh, finished. He's a producer of the ATN podcast yeah. and uh, 
diehard Vols fan oh surviving yeah, that tumultuous I saw him on Saturday night after that, and uh, Sully was on one. I mean, I, was, I can't believe I was kind of shocked to see him alive. <laughs> I yeah, I said to Harmon late Saturday night, I was like, Sully might be dead, and he's like, No, no, I did see him tweet recently. Yeah. So we're like, Okay, whew, good, he is alive. But there might be there, see, he can't survive too many more of these because week one yeah, was a barn lose. burner. Uh, this last yeah. weekend for Tennessee, they these are, these are the kind of games where when you're a diehard fan of a, you of, age. a, of a team, you it takes years <laughs> off your life. It does. You got a life expectancy meter that's just slowly <laughs> dropping. <laughs> Marcus Grant, what's going on, man? Uh, I want to give a daily dab to Westworld, which uh, premiered oh, on HBO. God, I want to watch last that. night. So I watched the first episode of it. It is. It's good. It's 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 it has you hooked, man. Like nice. I'm I'm curious to see where this thing goes. And even Perfect. you know the first episode, you're kind of watching, you're like, wow, this is really interesting. You kind of see where it goes. And then yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. of course, they do the as HBO shows are wont to do the you know, coming in coming this season yeah. on Westworld. Ooh, yeah. You're watching, you're like, oh. Oh, okay. So yeah, I am totally on board with Westworld. <laughs> uh, it. it is like I said on HBO. If you have HBO Go, HBO Now, or if you just you know have an internet connection and you don't mind pirating sorts of things like don't that. do that. Uh, How don't no what? don't I want to delete that part of the podcast. <laughs> don't you dare pirate it. Don't pirate it. Actually, do not pirate it because you know the, the paying for it means we get more great content like that. Great so, point. Yes. So, uh, but find a way to watch it legally. Of some matter, but it's it's really interesting. Uh, did, Mark, you know what we need made me think about that though is I wanted to watch it last night. Harmon and I were kind of like, eh, but we should find the old original like seventies movie. Yeah, and, and directed because by it, is, it is based yeah. on the the Michael Crichton film. We should watch that 70s. at a High Life Friday. Yes. Okay. So, there, there you go. go. Is, is that Harmon movie? I don't know. I thought <laughs> <laughs> we only watch bad movies at High Life. Friday. We can watch just an old interesting movie. Well, first of all, it's supposed to be. I, I can't imagine it's great, right? Because it's old. I would imagine the '70s version probably isn't quite as as. It's also good. only like 90 minutes long, so I don't because, know how they set up this whole world and then get. Which is funny because it. the first episode of the HBO show was like an hour plus. There so. you go. <laughs> no, but I mean that's what I'm saying. It's a 1970s movie about futuristic stuff. It's like that can't be good. There's yeah, because no Star Wars sucked. I mean, I know it's a long time ago <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. And that's but in the past, bro. Uh, I know. Like, what are they like? Burn. Oh, those those Star Wars electric toothbrushes, <laughs> cool invention. <laughs> <laughs> I just got roasted badly there. Uh, I'll take my lumps. I'll take my L there. I will take my L. Uh, Matt Harmon, what's going on? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna give it because I feel like I can safely do this dash because unlike my friend Steve Smith and John Brown, I yes. know none of my real friends listen to this show. Perfect. <laughs> so I, <laughs> I feel like I can give this daps out to one of my closest friends from college. Told me on Friday. Told me and. Our other really good friend from from school that he is going to uh, go shopping and get an engagement ring. For, wow, that's great for Aww. his for his for his longtime girlfriend. And and I just this is very special uh, because it's really like one of my first like friends from school to get engaged. I mean, one of my best friends did get uh, married last summer, so that was cool. But like this was the guy in our friend group that was like never gonna happen for that guy. I mean, <laughs> he was just like. The dog of all dogs okay. in, in school, so it was just like, the, and the fact, like again, the three of us that all had this conversation on Friday, like That's the, the other two of us were like, "Holy hell, how is it happening for him?" Before like any of like nobody would have put money on that one, so That's it's funny. a big, big ups to him that he has, for one, tricked this girl into staying with him this long and beautiful, and potentially marrying him. Very, very good daps to both of them. They're very happy, and it's just. It, Makes me smile. Ah, there you go. All right, speaking of the feels, speaking of the emotions, uh, Daily Daps to Mark Sessler, who released a long-form piece. It's called uh, The Belichick uh, Letters. It's basically a personal tale of him in college where he wrote Bill Belichick, 
who was the head coach of the Cleveland Browns at the time. Uh, and the coach actually wrote him back a couple of different times. Um, he kind of talked about how these letters helped guide him into his current career, uh, being a writer for NFL.com. But, oh, my God, what an awesome piece Excited this is. It's NFL.com. It's got its own vanity. It's NFL.com slash Belichick letters. And I'm telling you, man, all the feels on this one. He taps into – all of the insecurities, the listen, uh, listlessness uh, uh, of youth, all of these things. And the one thing that I, that I really appreciated about this as well, you don't have to be a bro to enjoy sports and to enjoy football. And, and I know there's a lot of like anti-nerd stuff on Twitter. Hey, you're a nerd. Don't watch football. I hate when the nerds have taken over this game. Give me a break. Mark Sessler captures all of that and i'm just telling you man what an unbelievably well-written piece props to him daily daps to him this is a great piece you should you absolutely uh need to read his piece it's one of the best sports writing pieces uh i have read in a very long time so Daily Daps to Mark Sessler. I'm excited to read that. Yes, please do. All right, so there you go. That's our show for today. We appreciate you following on. We appreciate you listening. For the Kid from Wisconsin, for the franchise, for MG, my guy Marcus Grant, and for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We're out. See you later. You go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And hmm. not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.